We're turning to Hebrews 12 this morning, Um, so you might like to get that out and get prepared. But obviously we're in the second Sunday of the year, Um, and as a church, um, and I think really um, as Christians around the world, we often take an opportunity at the beginning of the year, both at an individual level and also as an assembly of God's people, Um, to take time to seek the Lord, and that's something that is important. And I've definitely always valued that as a foundational principle in my life, but I feel like in the last couple of years, I've really gained an even higher value for it. Last year, corporately, we began the year with this call to anchor into Christ and to each other, and I have to say that through what was 2021, there were many times where I reminded myself of that call, Um, and reminded myself that nothing takes God by surprise. Um, And so here we are now at the beginning of 2022. And, you know, if we're honest, for all intents and purposes, much around us still seems the same. We are not through the pandemic. There are still uncertainties and uh, maybe even more so this now than there was this time last year. There's definitely plenty of noise and distraction and anxiety and fatigue, isn't there? But last week, Andrew brought us a word from Psalm 24 to start us off for 2022, remembering again that nothing takes God by surprise. And in this word was this invitation for us to seek God and his kingdom and to come up higher and to leave the earthly distractions um, and to let Jesus be the one who shapes our, our pursuits and our perspective. It's very easy for our pursuits and perspective to end up being ruled by what's going on around us. Definitely from, I've been thinking a lot this week about his picture of the eagles around um, his and Ali's property and what happens when they land and the magpies um, try and take them out. And uh, that's just been a really good um, reminder and picture for me. And so I actually really just want to again encourage you this morning to pay attention to and grab hold of that word. Um, If you haven't heard it, we've got that available either on our podcasts or through our um, YouTube channel. But even if you were here last week or online last week and you heard it, go back and have another listen to it. Meditate on Psalm 24. You know, allow the word of God to take hold in your life. Um, and as the year progresses, revisit it. Because if this is something that God's wanting us to pay attention to at the beginning of the year, we can be sure that it's a part of his equipping of us. So leading on from there, I guess I wanted to share with you some of the things that I feel that the Lord's been stirring in my heart um, for this coming year. And that centers around the need for endurance in us as followers of Jesus. I was sitting in church on the last Sunday of 2021, and I just had this impression from the Lord. Um, so it wasn't an audible voice, I want to make that clear. But what I had was this impression from the Lord of him saying, I want to build endurance in my people. Now, I'm, to be honest, I was like, well, could I have another word? I, I, don't, I don't really like that word. I mean, it's not a particularly appealing word because the thing is you don't really need endurance for things that are easy and you don't need endurance for things that happen quickly. And, uh, and I was like, oh, God, I think we're about time for something that doesn't need endurance. 
but, you know, all jokes aside, I think we all know that we need endurance um, and that as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are called to endure. We are called to be steadfast, to have a persevering faith in and out of season throughout our lifetime. So how do we grow in endurance? You know, hard times in and of themselves don't just automatically produce enduring faith in us. Neither is endurance found in our own ability and willpower. Endurance from a scriptural perspective, which we'll explore today, is simply not, it's not simply just gritting our teeth and dragging ourselves through. That, that is not what God is calling us to this year when he talks about wanting to build endurance in us as his people. And so we're going to read what is really a very familiar passage probably to many in Hebrews 12. But just to give you a little bit of background about who this is being written to, um, Hebrews is written to a group of Jewish Christians who've endured much together. They've had struggles and afflictions. They've seen friends go to prison. They've had their property plundered. And um, we, if you read through Hebrews, you'll see that they've persevered together with joy through quite a lot. But as the struggles have dragged on, they're becoming weary and discouraged. And it seems that from what the writer is saying to them, that they're at risk of throwing it in and walking away from their confidence in Jesus. And so what the writer to the Hebrews says to them is, you have need of endurance. And then what he does is begins to paint this picture of what that looks like. And so preceding this chapter 12, you have this whole chapter, which we often call the faith chapter, of all these heroes of the faith and the, what enduring faith looked like in their life and what it looked like when they were hoping for things that they could not see. It even helps us to define what enduring faith is. And then he says this at the beginning of um, chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint. I thought that it was worth, I always love knowing what words mean. And, um, you know, I think when it comes to the word endurance, I think it does sometimes conjure up this kind of gritted teeth um, uh, posture. And uh, so I wanted to have a little bit of a look at what the Bible means by endurance. And um, so the Greek word that's used here for run the race with endurance, um, I'm not going to manage the pronunciation perfectly, but is hupomone. It's used actually over 31 times in the New Testament, which is quite a lot for one word. Um, and what it means is steadfastness, constancy, patient waiting, and continuance. Steadfastness, constancy, patient waiting, and continuance. And it's often used to describe actually a characteristic 
of a person who has not been swerved from their purpose or their faith in the Lord Jesus, even under the greatest trials and suffering. So it's often used in that context to describe a characteristic of someone who has not swerved from their faith, even in the midst of trials and difficulty. Um, Barclay, in his commentary on Hebrews 12, um, says that this word, hupomone, does not mean um, the patience which sits down and accepts things, but the patience which masters them. It is not so romantic thing which lends us wings to fly over the difficulties and hard places. It is a determination, unhurrying and yet underlaying, which goes steadily on and refuses to be deflected. Obstacles do not daunt it and discouragement do not take this hope away. It is a steadfast endurance which carries on until in the end... It gets there. And I really quite like that description because it's, it's not giving us a sense that endurance is necessarily easy and we just get to fly over all the obstacles. But it is reminding us that there's this promise with um, endurance found in the Lord Jesus that even though it may just feel like one foot in front of the other, this steadfast endurance carries us until In the end, we get there. I mean, I I think that all of us here would say that we would like that fruit of steadfastness and enduring faith in our lives carried on until the end. We would all like to be able to say, like the Apostle Paul did, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And that takes endurance. Hupomone steadfastness, just that keeping getting one foot in front of the other. So today I just really want to focus our attention. There's so much that we could say about this. As I said, endurance is talked about a lot in the New Testament in particular. But I just want to focus us on a couple of keys that we find in this passage in Hebrews today that I believe will allow God to Build in us endurance this year as his people. So the first one is run the right race. The writer to Hebrews actually uses very deliberate language in the picture that he paints for these people who are feeling a bit spent and discouraged. He describes the endurance in running a race. And that's not um, unfamiliar to us. Paul also uses that analogy in quite a lot of his writings and letters. But this specific word that the writer to Hebrews uses for a race is definitely not just simply a stroll around Lake Tuggeranong. It means a contest, a struggle, a conflict, or a battle. It's the exact same word that Paul uses to Timothy when he tells him to fight the good fight. So it has within it, it's definitely not a stroll. It, it, this, this word for race definitely has within it a sense that endurance is going to, be, it is going to need, be needed. And so there's really no getting around it for us, whether you were a Hebrew Christian in the first century or whether you're an Australian Christian living in 2022. To have endurance, we actually have to expect that there is a race, a contest, a struggle and a fight. We, we need to be prepared and aware, which I think all of us would be, that it isn't 
going to be a walk in the park or a walk around Lake Tuggeranong. In Hebrews 12, um, the, the writer exhorts his readers to look to Jesus. And I guess that's the thing that I want as our first key to building endurance this morning is that we need to be running the right race. And so in Hebrews, it tells us the right race is looking to Jesus. Other translations say fixing your eyes on Jesus. And that phrase is quite specific. It doesn't kind of mean a quick glance. It means to turn our eyes away from all other things and to fix them on something. It means to look away from everything else in order to look to Jesus. And so there's no room for keeping even something just in the corner of our peripheral vision or one foot in one kingdom and one foot in the other. This is like a single-focused race. And endurance is definitely not built by just trying to keep our options open. We have one race that we're running. That is to fix our eyes on the Lord Jesus, turning away from everything else and looking to him alone. I think that there probably, even as people of faith, are other races that sometimes we can mistakenly think that we're running. We are not running a race of Christian works or ministry. We're not running a race of reading the Bible in a year or 24-7 prayer, although all of those pursuits in and of themselves are important parts of our um, walk with Jesus. We're not even running a race against ideologies and culture wars and opinions, although, again, they are real struggles and conflicts and can be in opposition to the truth of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and at times we need to pay attention to them. But that is still not the race that we are being called to run. We are running a race of steadfastly looking to and following Jesus. That is the race that is set before us. That is the right race. That is what we're running after. See, Jesus is both our prize and he's our traveling companion. He is both the finish line, the goal, and he is the way to get there. He is the author. This is what um, Hebrews says. He is the author. That word means the one who takes the lead. He's the author and the perfecter or the finisher of our faith. I, um, as many of you know, my um, chosen sport is uh, trail running. And uh, I was running on Mount Tennant yesterday, which um, is a particularly steep fire trail. And I was, re- I was looking at my feet. Like I was just, it, it was a very steep part of the hill. And I was looking at my feet, slogging up the hill. And I just felt this prompt. I had been obviously thinking about um, my sermon and... Um, I was pecking up the hill. That's a Welsh word. I don't think that anybody else uses that word. My dad's Welsh, so he used to talk about pecking, which means... <gasps> um, anyway, I was moving up the hill, and I just felt prompted. Look up and remember why you're running. And I looked up, and I could see all the way out across the auroral valley. It was about 6.30 in the morning. There was just light mist on some of the lower ranges, glorious morning sun just hitting um, the mountain ranges. The sky was this beautiful colour. And I just, I just thought, oh, 
this, this is why I like to be out. Like, this is why I trail run. It's not actually for the slog up the hill. It's because I like to be able to be out in nature and to see God's creation. And just that moment of looking up away from my feet gave me this fresh energy to keep heading up the hill. Um, I had just been so intent on getting up the hill and getting my training done that I had really forgotten to look up. And I just think that that's a really good picture. I felt God speaking to me in my own life about that, not just in my training, but in what happens to us sometimes when we're in a hard slog and we forget why we're running and we're just looking at our feet thinking, I just got to get there and actually not actually taking a moment. And I, I want to encourage us this morning that there's a truth that even in the hard slog, we will still catch sight of Jesus. Um, I wonder if, like uh, me, you can bring to mind even a time in your life that has required much endurance. And there in the midst of the hard slog, you could see the glimpses of God's goodness and presence. I have an instance of a few years ago now, and life was pretty hard, and I really did feel like I was barely getting one foot in front of the other. I definitely knew by faith and my experience and history with God that he was there, but I was very busy looking at my feet, to use that analogy. And um, a woman in our church brought me a gift. Now, she didn't know anything about my circumstances, but when I opened the gift when I got home, there was just this beautiful china mug inside, and it had irises and daffodils on it, which I've already said I have Welsh heritage, so I love daffodils in particular, but irises and daffodils are two of my favourite flowers. And then inside the cup were these seven T2 tea bags that were my favourite tea. Now, there's not any way that this woman could have known that. That just wasn't something that she could have known. And I had a week where I sat down every morning and I had one of my favourite T2 tea bags in this beautiful cup, just feeling known and seen by God. My circumstances didn't change, but what it did was it helped me to look up and it actually gave me endurance in a way um, of just remembering why I was running the race and... Even now, remembering that gift and God's kindness to me through his saint in that very hard season, it keeps building endurance in me. I remember that even if I'm feeling like I'm in a hard slog, God sees me. He knows me. And actually, it causes me to want to be looking around for where the signs of his goodness are. And so maybe today you again are needing an encouragement to fix your eyes on Jesus. Maybe you've been looking at your feet and that his invitation to you this morning as part of building endurance in you is to ask you to look up and to look for the evidence of his goodness and to remember which race you're running and why you're running it. I, have, I cannot testify enough in my own life and in the people around me that in the race, in the struggle, in the conflict, in the resistance, we can absolutely have hope and assurance that where endurance is needed, Jesus can be found. Where endurance is needed, Jesus can be found. And so the invitation and the provision for us this year 
is the endurance to seek after him. That's the race we're running. That's what he's building endurance in to us, to seek after him. The endurance and the perseverance to stay focused on him despite all the multiple distractions that there are to pull our focus and our attention away from him. So to stay in the race, to keep running to the end, to have steadfast endurance, we have to run the right race and know the prize that we're running for. And that prize is Jesus. The second key is that we need to run light. And I love the way that God just weaves things through. And just even in that worship time this morning, um, just that word coming about burdens and things that weigh us down. If you have ever watched endurance running, and uh, you might have had an opportunity during the Olympics last year to watch some of the amazing marathon runners who can run a kilometre pace faster than, well, most of us would be able to run if we were only running a couple of kilometres, and they do 42 of them. But if you look at them, they're super lean, aren't they? They're like waifs, really. Their gear is light, their shoes are light. They just carry nothing on them. And what the writers of the Hebrews is saying to this group of Jewish Christians who are um, feeling weary and tired and in need of endurance is lay aside every weight and burden and encumbrance and the sin that clings so closely to you. Lay those aside. Run light. You can't have endurance if you're dragging weight with you. And that phrase, clings so closely, Um, in those verses there, what it means is to skillfully surround so as to retard or prevent running. Like, I was really quite surprised that it had such a specific meaning. But, But that's what happens with these weight and with sin and with burdens and encumbrances that they skillfully surround so as to retard or prevent us from running and having endurance. They ensnare us. They trap us. And not only is that weight cumbersome, but it's absolutely exhausting to drag that round with us in life. You know, the, the writer to the Hebrews reminds us that Jesus endured the cross, and we, we reflected on this um, during communion this morning. Jesus endured the cross, despising its shame. He has already endured for us so that we will not grow weary or faint-hearted, exhausted and weighed down by our sin and shame. He has made a way for us to not have to carry that weight. The ancient um, Greek writers, I I was looking up again because I really love to know what words mean, but the the words in that passage that talk about weary and faint-hearted, this doesn't just mean a little bit tired. These are very strong words. They mean to be despondent and feeble from exhaustion. And in the ancient Greek writings where they were describing athletes who were um, running, it was this word that they used or this phrase that they used to describe athletes who were no longer able to run. They had literally hit the wall. They were on the ground, completely spent and out of the race. So that's what that word, um, where, where it says, he has endured for us so that we will not grow weary or faint-hearted. It's so that we will not be feeble from exhaustion, hit the wall and be completely out of the race. That, that in fact, he has borne that weight for us. Um, Jesus' invitation to us, again, 
This was woven through God so graciously this morning in, in, in our service already. But his invitation to us is, come to me, all who are labor, who, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take your, my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He has made the provision for us to run light to have light gear, to have light shoes, to not have to carry anything with us because he's already done that for us. And so if we're going to run with endurance, we need to deal with unnecessary weight, to let go of baggage and burdens and wounds and also to repent and turn away from our sin and turn to Jesus. So that this year, as he continues to build endurance in us, we aren't dragging any unnecessary weight with us that he's already made provision to carry on our behalf. And then the third key this morning is to trust in the process. Um, last year, I ran a ultra, half ultra marathon, which was 22 kilometers, this year, I'm somewhat regretting my life choices at the moment because during lockdown, I impulsively entered a 50-kilometer trail race, um, which is also in the Blue Mountains and in May. And my training program has already kicked off and I've basically got four months to be ready. And I was just thinking about what are the things that help me consider what endurance is needed to be built into me for that. And there are a couple of things that I think are then a good illustration of what's important to us as believers um, as we run the race that's been set before us. So um, I think one of the key things that makes a difference to my attitude in training and building endurance is to have friends to train with. And these friends are also friends who've run the UTA 50, which is the race that I'm running in. And so they often share their experiences with me. So um, that's actually very encouraging for me. And then I have a coach who knows the course. She's run it herself. And so she's training me accordingly. And she regularly tells me, especially on days where I'm feeling discouraged. Yesterday was one of those trying to get up Mount Tennant. Um, and I told her I thought maybe I could get lots for my ticket if I sold it now. Um, she said to me um, that I needed to trust in the process, that there's a program laid out for me and I need to trust in the process. You know, my, my, I can't run 50 kilometres at the moment, but my program has a gradual build in it with focus areas on building my hill strength and road running and running long trails. And also in my program are rest weeks and she gets very crabby with me if I go, oh, well, I could just go out for a run. She's like, no. The rests are in there. They are really important. You need to have the rests. They're as important as the other runs. Um, and so I am learning to trust the process and to just follow the program. And I feel like that was, it is a word for us in this season. We have to trust the process that God is building endurance into our life. He knows what he is doing. Um, this training group that I run with, um, they all talk about this stretch in the 50-kilometre race where you've just come up 1,200 stairs and then you actually hit a stretch of road which is also uphill. And their legs feel like jelly 
and they look at their watch and they've only done 16 kilometres of the 50 and they already feel done. Like they, they're like, oh, oh my gosh, I, I'm not going to make it. And I've watched them run up that hill as part of their support crew and they, they've got, they look discouraged, they look tired, they're usually grimacing and they actually have a rest station as part of the um, race at that point and it's for very good reason because it's a really tough point in the race and the runners refuel and they refill their bottles and then they keep running and all of the friends of mine who've run this particular race will say to me, this is the point at which your endurance training kicks in. This. This point where you think, I can't keep running and you're only 16 kilometres in. And I don't know about you, but I kind of feel like the beginning of this new year, I feel a bit like probably not even the 16-kilometre mark, maybe the 5-kilometre mark, after a long set of stairs and a hill, and I'm grimacing and feeling really off-put by the fact that I'm already looking for a rest station and wondering if my jelly legs have it in them to get through the rest of the race. And then I hear the Holy Spirit say to me, this is where your endurance training kicks in. Trust the process. And, and I feel that that's what the Lord is saying to us um, I don't want to overlay onto you how I feel about the beginning of the year and that there's still lots of stuff swirling around us, but I can't believe that it isn't a bit of a discouragement to have to be thinking about what restrictions there might be again and to be looking at increasing case numbers and all of those things. But what I feel the Lord wants us to know, regardless of what is ahead of us this year, is that he is building endurance into us and we are to trust him in the process. Would I be able to, at this point, have some of the worship team up? Is that all right, Andrew? Thank you. I don't know that anybody would necessarily feel like a word about building endurance into us this year that necessarily exactly would fill us with rejoicing and joy. And this is what the writer to the Hebrews says to the people he's writing to who are feeling a little bit weary in the race. He says... For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight the paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint but rather be healed." What I want to encourage us with this morning is that as followers of Jesus, we are built for endurance. We are built for endurance. We are not sprinters. We are built for endurance. We have friends to train with, to share experience and testimony with and to cheer each other on. And we have Jesus who runs with us and already knows the course. He disciples us, coaches us, leads us through and prepares us for what's coming next, even if we can't see it until it's right upon us. There is nothing that takes him by surprise. And he also invites us into sustainable rhythms of rest and work that help give us the stamina and the staying power rather than just simply flogging ourselves up the hill and tanking out before the end of the race. He knows what we need. We can trust him in the process of it. And sometimes it will be 
to rest. And sometimes it will be to dig deep and get those feet one in front of the other up the hill. And so my desire for us and our prayer, my prayer for us this year is that we would grow in our endurance, that we would be steadfast, that we would be unswerving, that we would be unshakable and that we would be stable in our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That we would remember to run the right race, looking only to Jesus. That we'd have the courage to deal with the things that are weighing us down. And that we would trust him in the process that he is outworking in our life. As I was um, sitting with the Lord, because this is as applicable in my own life, really, um, I just really had a sense of wanting to give a little bit of space for him to um, minister to us this morning and for us to respond. I mean, I, I, I hope that you will remember some of the things and... I know that God's word um, is able to stir in us and to transform us and that he's been speaking to you even extra to some of the things that I might have shared this morning. But I think that there is a time and a place for just, not just going, well, yep, okay, yep, I hear you, God, that was a message, we're building endurance, and then although we're all looking forward to bit of time of lunch and fellowship together, we kind of up and out. You know, sometimes, particularly in something that God's positioning for us for um, the year ahead, it's just worth our while to pause for a moment and to see what he's saying to us personally and to respond. So, you know, this morning you may be here and you may really recognize that you've been stuck looking at your feet for for whatever ever reason and with maybe some really tough things surrounding you. And you want to take the time just to respond to the Lord with that and to look up and to ask him to help you begin to see his goodness even in the midst of a hard slog. You may feel like you've been running the wrong race and putting your energies into things that are actually... Um, a, a, a distraction and wanting to come back to Lord I want my eyes on you show me what that looks like in my life because that's going to look a bit different for each of us so he's faithful to lead us in that he's wanting to build this into us this year and he is really practical in how he does that so take the time to see what he's saying to you you know maybe you recognize that you are not running light that in fact you're running a marathon with kind of like a, um, a three-day hiking pack on your back and that you're weighed down and weary and really at risk of bowing out of the race because you're exhausted. Well, the, the Lord's invitation to you this morning is to come to him and to lay your burdens down and to confess and repent of your sin before him and to receive his forgiveness. Or maybe this morning you just need that reaffirming 
that you do trust him in the process and that you want to remain steadfast. So I just, I'm going to pray for us, but I would just encourage you just to linger. You might um, want to respond from your seat and that's totally fine. The altar is open if you want to come and kneel and um, do business with God that way. We do also, although we're on our summertime table, we do have faithful prayer team members here who would come and stand with you if today actually what you need is a friend to come and stand with you and to pray with you. But can I just encourage you, and that goes for those of you who are joining us online this morning, um, don't rush away. Just, Just allow the Lord to minister to you this morning as he promises us that he is building endurance in us as his people. So, Father, we just position ourselves before you this morning, yielding to you, Lord, desiring, God, to be a people who are unswerving, steadfast, and enduring, God, in our faith and in running the race that you've set before us. We acknowledge, God, our need of endurance and our absolute dependence and need for you. That this is way more, God, than just us gritting our teeth and using our willpower. So would you be at work in our lives, God? Would you, Holy Spirit, just be speaking to us about what you're wanting to say to us individually this morning? And would you give us the courage to respond to you, Lord? Lord, we look forward together as a group of friends training together, God, in this race to being able to cheer one another on and to walk beside one another, God, and to see endurance being built in us as your people together. And so, God, we just say that we trust you in the process and we just ask that you would have your way in us. In Jesus' name, amen.